podcast is part of the Podcast Your Scene Network. Visit us at www.podcastyourscene.com. Hey, it's Bill, and you're tuned in to Three Questions in a Song, where the title of the podcast says it all, except for when it doesn't, because I never ask three questions. <laughs> My name is Bill. With me tonight is Bradley Scott Malone. What's up, Bradley? How you doing, Bill? It's good to be back. I'm doing well. This is uh, your second time being on a, on a show with me um, by yourself this time, so you might get, get to talk a little more. <laughs> <laughs> so as I kind of alluded to, I I say three questions, but then I end up asking a bunch. But they're usually pretty pretty rapid fire, no real segue in between them, um, unless we're doing the conversational thing, which happens. And then we end up with a long show. Let's start off with the first question I have for you. And it should be noted that he has no idea what I'm going to ask him. So I was reading your bio today, and I was hoping that you'd take us um, through your journey in in life and music, because they kind of take an inspiring turn and and get us to where you are today. Well, I uh, originally... uh... I started uh, I started writing music back in the uh, very early '90s, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be a part of uh, an, an armed forces entertainment group called Tops and Blue, which uh, unfortunately is not a it's not a thing anymore. But uh, it allowed uh, certain uh, members of the military to sort of uh, take their skills and go around to all the different armed forces bases, uh, troops. So I had that opportunity in 1992 and 93 and got some uh, some attention from a local radio station in uh, South Georgia. And uh, uh, that kind of snowballed. It it was this was all during the uh, uh, the unplugged craze. I'll call it uh, with Eric Clapton. The OMTV unplugged craze was happening. Uh, And I very quickly got uh, uh, an invite to talk to some people. uh, uh, with a couple of different record labels. So uh, I ended up, they ended up flying me out to uh, San Francisco uh, to audition for a couple of different uh, A&R guys. And uh, they went pretty well. Um, I got a, a, a letter back from, uh, I believe it was at that time, it was Polydor. Um, there was an invite to their uh, artist development program. And uh and it was all contingent about, you know, on me finishing my, uh, my enlistment and so on and so forth. So, uh, but by the time I got done with my enlistment, Polydor was gone. It was, uh, it was absorbed into a, I think A&M at the time. So that offer sort of fizzled and, uh, uh that sort of triggered a, a little bit of a downward spiral in, in, in my personal life. But, uh, but, uh, I got married in 1997 and, uh, uh, I kind of put the music up and was a dad for a while um, until uh, 2017 when uh, I finally kind of got the courage up to go and, uh, and pursue it again. And I was just uh, just fortunate enough to be in the right place at the right time to meet Bob McCutcheon, um, who took an, an interest in my music and uh, put out my first album, uh, 80 in the Rain, in 2017. Uh, and he just uh, we just released uh, Shades of Indigo here in August. So it's a, it's been a real blessing to work with him and, and to be a part of the Vault Records label. Um, as I said, no real segues. We'll, 
we'll get to that eventually. So you also recently wrote a book called "What Would Grandpa Do?" How, how did that come about? And, and give us a little, like a little short infomercial, so people can uh, go check it out as well. Uh, I've had a, I've had a, a relatively uh, peculiar life, uh, and uh, I was on my way uh, back on a business trip in March of 2020. Uh, I was flying from Tulsa to Atlanta. And I caught the last flight before they shut the entire airport down to COVID. Um, and I'm on, I'm on this, this, uh, this flight to Atlanta and I'm surrounded by people coughing and sneezing. And, uh, and I've realized that, uh, uh, there's, there's a, there's a, re- a real chance that I could, I could contract this and die. And, so it's, I really started to think about what what do I have to leave behind to my uh, to my children's children? Uh, will they ever really know anything about me? Uh, will it just be songs that they can stream or you know things that their their grandmother might tell them? So I started writing down things that I wanted them to know, and I put them on little snippets of paper and post its, and and it just ended up in this like little box. <laughs> so. After a couple of weeks, the, this pile got really big, and so we tried to figure out what do we do with this? How do we, how do I make this part of my estate? And so I shared it with some friends, and we we talked about maybe assembling it into like a loose leaf notebook, you know, and then just leave that with you know my will and so on and so forth. Because um, back then it wasn't it wasn't you know we weren't sure. If, you know, everybody was going to get it and die. It was a really scary time. Um, and I was sort of a prime candidate. I'm type A positive blood. I'm, you know, I had some underlying health issues that might make me a little more susceptible to it. Um, but uh, it didn't turn into a book until I, I assembled it. And then I bounced it off of a couple of friends who, uh, who kind of nudged me uh, to, to, to publish it as a memoir. And uh Sort of a you know a sort of a self help book for young people, uh, so that's how it came about. And where is it available at? Uh, you can you can pick it up at any online retailer. Um, Target sells it. Uh, Barnes and Noble has it. Uh, you can get it online at Amazon. Um, it's I, it's it's amazing. It's it's been picked up. It's selling all over Europe right now in Germany. Uh, it's even in uh, it's selling in Paris. So it's it's been quite a, a fun ride to watch this go. <laughs> now, are you originally from the Pittsburgh area? I, I'm not. I, I'm a, I originally. Uh, I'm. I grew up in rural West Virginia, and uh, I joined the uh, the Air Force in the early '90s and kind of uh, trekked across the United States and uh, and ended up here back uh, in Pittsburgh in 1997, and I've been here ever since. Um. What being being out of the scene and coming back into the scene um, years later, um, what have you noticed has changed, both for the better and for the worse? <laughs> well, for uh, for, for uh, and off the top of my head, I can tell you the most important thing is in 1992, it was very difficult to get uh, attention from a a label. Um, There were only a handful of major labels back then. Um, And getting into that, getting in that door was like getting a lottery ticket. Um, 
to get your music, you know, public, you know, get get it distributed across the country. It was like a lottery ticket. So all you needed was one song. Well, now coming back into it in 2017, I, I got uh, I got a real t- check on reality because there's millions of performers in the door and with dozens and dozens of songs. So your music has to, it has to meet a certain threshold before you can even think about, uh, you know, distributing it. Um, now I'm going to ask you some of my off a couple off the wall questions I can normally do. Um, if you were able to sit down on a bench with your music idol, first of all, who would it be? And you're only allowed to ask that person one question. So who would it be and what would you ask them? Jeez, that would be, it would be a toss up. Um, it would either be Johnny Cash or John Prine. Um, but for the sake of your question, let's just say it was John Prine. Um, I, I, if I had to ask him one question, um, I, I would probably ask him, how do you make your, your music so simple and so powerful? Okay, next question. <laughs> Tell me about an embarrassing moment you've had on stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Which one? <laughs> Take your pick. It seems like uh, pretty much every show has its uh, has its moment, uh, whether it's a technical issue or uh, uh, or otherwise. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, uh, I, I just recently I had a show uh, in Ambridge, and uh, I had my entire rig fail, so I ended up uh, I ended up playing for the folks uh, completely acoustic, unplugged for real, and uh, so that was that was uh, that was a real moment. I think I actually saw you post about that. Didn't it take out two to the guitars internals? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know whether I had a, a power surge or, or whatever, but it, it fried the uh, fishman uh, in my D 18 here behind me. And uh, I just got it back from my pianos and stuff uh, a few days ago. And, uh, but that was, that was, that's the most recent uh, epic fail on stage that I had. So. Um, if, you're not allowed to read into this too much and, and bail and say I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I may have asked you this in the SOS. Um, if you're just waiting at the crossroads for the devil, what would you sell your soul to him for to gain musically? It's too late. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, there was a time when when I was uh, when I was a uh, 22, 23 years old, maybe I would have had a different answer uh, because I was pretty hungry. I was pretty desperate. Um, but uh, uh, I, I've confidently given my uh, my soul to Jesus Christ, and he's taken good care of me ever since. I, I actually really like that, that answer. Um, it should be noted that I teach at a Catholic school, so... <laughs> The question that's everyone panics when I ask them. I'm like, I'm not really asking you what you would sell your soul for. <laughs> but at one time, we might have had a discussion. 
All right, last off the wall question, and then and then I'll give you a chance to have your MTV storytellers moment. Um, <laughs> if if you could play with, you know what? I'm I'm going to ask you too. If you could play with any musician in the history of the world at any venue, who would you want to play with, and where? At any venue. And it can even it could be like a non-venue too. Like Metallica played it at um, Antarctica, and Kiss played in the ocean for the Sharks. <laughs> I would, I would have to say, I would, lo- I would, I would want to play with Jim Croce and Mari Mulison in my living room, <laughs> so you can hang out with them at your house when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> ask them all the other questions I wanted to ask. <laughs> all right. So what I need for you from you now is um, we're about to feature your song, California. Tell me a little bit about that song. Uh, California it was a song that I, I wrote um, based on that period of time uh, when kind of everything fell apart there in 92, uh, 93. Um and uh, at, at, one, at one point, you know, it seemed like I was really, things were really, really happening really fast. And uh, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, people depart when, uh, when the chips are down. And sometimes you think that, it, you know, it's the worst thing that ever happened that somebody actually left. But then you have a little time to reflect and you realize that it was actually a really good thing. What you're going to hear next is California by Bradley Scott Malone, and uh, we'll be right back.
just heard California by Bradley Scott Malone. You're listening to Three Questions in a Song. Uh, my name is Bill. We're coming right back in on, I don't know, question number six or seven at this point. Um, it comes from Gallo Lochnez. The vault. Crossing over at the vault. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, a vault artist. So, okay, so my question, is, I'm reading it, so if I look crazy, I'm reading it. Um, Alright, so Bradley, I see you have been doing music for well over 20 years. What keeps you motivated to keep creating and putting out good music? Uh, I think um, for me, uh, I'm, I was never one of those writers who could sit down with a, a blank pad of paper and a pencil and, and just write. I mean, there's people that are really good at that. Um, I'm part of the Songwriters Guild of America, and there's, you know, they've got lots and lots of seminars and people to, you know, kind of coach you. And there's, there's formulas you can use to write songs. I was never any good at that. <laughs> um, the majority of my songs uh, are experiential. Um, they're either something that I, I witnessed or experienced, or they're just um, a feeling that 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 I get. Um, and it's hard to describe because sometimes I'm just a conduit for whatever that whatever that energy is when it happens, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but most of the time I don't have any access to it. If that makes sense, it's kind of corny sounding. Um, but when, when I'm kind of in the, in the zone, um, I'm just, I have a pen and I'm writing and it's coming out and there it is. And most of the time I don't have to mess with it very much. Most of my better uh, songs I've written in about 10 minutes. Every every time I think I have a great rhythm <laughs> or a great chord progression, and I keep trying to mess with it and tinker with it, it just doesn't work. So uh, most of my most of my better songs happened in under a half an hour, and I just there it was. It's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. Um, where where what's coming up next for you? Well, we have a pretty special show coming up. Um, I am going to be traveling uh, south of the Mason-Dixon line, uh, Sistersville, West Virginia. Uh, I'm going to be playing in a restored theater down there called the Old Gaslight Theater. Um, there's a downstairs area called the uh, uh, the Gold Derrick Gallery. And uh, I'll be there next Saturday at 7 o'clock. Um, we, I had originally uh, tried to work this out much earlier in the year. Um, and I was going to use a, a Ticketmaster function to, uh, to to do the online ticketing, and because it was an out-of-state venue, it just turned into a fiasco. So uh, we're just gonna—I'm I'm just gonna go down. We're gonna have a good time. There's no admission. We're just gonna have a great time, kind of celebrate uh, small-town America, and it's where I'm from. So we're hoping to—we're hoping to see a lot of friendly faces uh, and familiar faces show up. So I'm excited for it. 
And I'm assuming you have copies of, of, of the album with you, but where else can people get it if they don't make it south of the Mason-Dixon line? Right now, uh, I have uh, copies uh, available when I do perform live. Um, but most m- most of the time, folks are just accessing it on Spotify, Pandora, you know, iHeartRadio. Uh, I think uh, Apple Music has it. Um, YouTube Music has it. Pretty much any streaming platform. Uh, the uh, I find that most of the time, if we try to sell CDs now, people don't even have CD players in their cars. Um, but I, I still do. <laughs> and uh, I mean, this is the this is the disc. It came out really, really, really well. Um, uh, the artwork came out really nice. Um, we got a a little live version of uh, a little winery that I played a couple years ago. We sort of colorized it uh, and made that the back sleeve. So it came out really nice. Uh, so we're real thrilled with that. Um. I <clears throat> I got two submissions pretty much on the same day for this for this show. One of them was your song California, and the other one is from I think his name he had three names again. His name is Jesse. Well, let me find it. Jesse Stone Creechman, and the song he sent me is Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's kind kind of. I think it's a coincidence, but it's a coinky dink. Yeah, three, three names and same, pretty much the same day, and both named after states. It was, it was weird. That is, <laughs> that is definitely odd. And uh, I have an email out to him replying to see if he wants to come on the show. But not familiar. Um, he is from. You're going to understand why you're not familiar. He is from Saint Lazare, Quebec, Canada. Okay, but he apparently lived in Pennsylvania for a little while, and that's what the song's about. I know you have quite a reach with this show. I mean, I, I think uh, maybe a lot of people watching here uh, don't realize how many people watch this. Uh, it's you know, I, I think I was telling you the other day the website gets about two hundred fifty thousand hits a, a month. And about thirty-eight thousand unique IP addresses, and it's on the different stations that that um, are involved with the website are in Texas, the United Kingdom, um, <laughs> Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, San Diego, um, here in Leechburg. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but yeah, there's there's definitely a reach. Um, I get music sent to me from all over the world. I got a song sent to me from Iran, a metal song, where it's actually illegal to make metal. <laughs> um, I've talked to artists all over the world. Um, Wales, uh, the UK, um, Portugal, Italy. Um, there was another one in the Middle East, but we didn't mentioned that's where where he was from because he didn't want to and I'm not going to throw him under the bus but um just all over the place Switzerland the Netherlands that's awesome it, it's it's it is and, and it's coming from my house in the middle of nowhere nowhere Leechburg Pennsylvania which is kind of cool I knew about the broadcast you know, even before SOS I was aware of it and that's probably just 
because I'm, you know, I have uh, other friends in the industry. But uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive. How often do you do? Uh, how often do you interview folk rockers like me? Well, um, because the Pennsylvania Rock Show would it would include you, and three questions in the song include include that that type of genre. Um, probably more often than you you would think. Um, I um, I couldn't put a number on it right now because it's um, school year time and the brain is fried all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, for anyone who's familiar with the show. I usually record in AK Music Scene Studio, which is my living room, but um, it is currently under construction because the ceiling fell in, which was. I think the day before, um, no, that was Dave Hillis, also from the vault. We were supposed to record with Dave Hillis, and the day before his interview, my ceiling fell in. Um, He is the guest on the Pennsylvania Rock Show this week. So another another vault artist. Um, He's fantastic. Fantastic. And and he's another guy with a great story Mm -hmm. to back up what he's doing. Yeah, a lot of people don't know who he is. Um, I mean, you know, if you if you followed rock in the 1990s, I mean, uh, you know, he, he was a name that was I was I was familiar with back then. Um, we'll, we'll just throw out the word Seattle, and yeah, they can come there. they can come listen to the Pennsylvania Rock Show to find out what I meant by that. Um, but yeah, I you know I I've interviewed I've interviewed artists from all kinds of different genres. Uh, I I interviewed a country artist that is from Sweden. Um, his name is Hicks. <laughs> wow! So, and um, I've been doing this since two thousand four. So I've I've spoken to a lot of people. Um, some of them, uh, like um, in their side bands, um, like John Bechtel, who is currently the keyboardist in Ministry. He is from Pennsylvania. And um, of course, I'm blanking on his band name, but um, he had his own local band, and I interviewed him from his local band. And um, I interviewed a band called Here Kitty Kitty out of California. Um, their guitar, Here Kitty Kitty, yep. The guitar player is um, Cordell Crockett from Ugly Kid Joe. He plays bass in Ugly Kid Joe, plays guitar in Here Kitty Kitty. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I've. I've done a lot and talked to a lot of people and, and I really enjoy it. And I, I, my favorite part really is hearing new music and getting to talk to people about what they do. Oh, it's good. It's good stuff, man. I enjoy it. I, 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 uh, I have a little uh, reminder on Facebook and when you're live, I like to tune in and, and just kind of check out and see what's going on. Even though I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't profess to know anything about metal or anything like that. I enjoy it. It's uh, Chris Thunderwolf Dotson here popping in from Wolf's Customs. Um, he is uh, Wolf's Customs is a sponsor of my radio station at buildthescene.com slash radio. Um, he and his wife, Raven, um, they do custom finishes on, on instruments. Um, nice. a, lot of, a lot of guitars. They do a thing called Hollow Flash, which kind of gives it like a rainbow look. Yeah. Um, and he actually just did a, flying, a Dean Flying V um, that with the Eddie Van Halen red and white and black design okay. on it. Um, 
Oh, yeah. Chris Chris points something out. This is a question I have to ask you before I let you go. Um, <laughs> so one of the goals, one of my goals is to get Dave Grohl to come on to one of my shows, mm. whether it be Three Questions in a Song, Pennsylvania Rock Show, or Friendly Fire, which we haven't even talked about. Um, <laughs> but I, to the point that I now have this official Dave Grohl question that I ask everybody, and the question is, if you were standing in the stands at a show, holding up a sign saying you want to come up on stage and play, what band would you be trying to play with and what song would you want to play with them? Because the Foo Fighters are known for doing that. Well, you got me there. Mm. Yeah, you stumped me there. <laughs> <laughs> I like Dave Grohl, but I, I, you know what? Honestly, if you ask me to name one of his songs. You can pick anybody. It doesn't have to be Dave. Who would be your Dave girl? In other words, who would you go up on stage with? Oh, who would I go up on stage with? Oh, okay. Um, you know what? Uh, Bob Dylan is coming here to uh, coming here to Moon in uh, in November. He's coming to Moon. Where's he playing in Moon? He's playing at the uh, UPMC facility there at Robert Morris. Okay. Um, tickets went on sale yesterday, and of course they're absurdly expensive. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would I would definitely jump up on stage with Bob for sure. <laughs> Start making your sign. <laughs> you know, there's a, a Dave Grohl connection to the vault, uh, an indirect connection. Um, the inspiration for building that studio. Oh yes, the the board. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, as Bob McCutcheon watched that movie on Netflix on a uh, on an airline flight and got the inspiration to get a, uh, a Neve and build a studio. So there's something to file away. Maybe uh, I can use that. Talk to him about uh, that. I have Bob make contact with him and say, hey, you inspired this. And then he can say, oh, by the way, I know this guy. <laughs> I found him a uh, couple years ago. I found uh, Bob a uh, one of the original flyers from that movie. Uh, and I, I bid on it on eBay and, wanted to get, and gave it to him. So it was uh, Sound City, I think it was called, mm-hmm. Sound City movie. So, yeah, it was, it's real special to him. So if you ever get a chance to talk, a chance to, talk to Bob, definitely bring it up. You know, I had never met Bob until um, we did that whole SOS thing together, and I didn't meet him until Royal Honey's CD release. Uh, he's a special guy. Yeah, you, should, um, you should talk to him. I. I made it a point. He was up in the balcony. I made it a point to go up and introduce myself. I mean, we talked in meetings and things over Zoom for SOS, but never in person. You should interview. Um, him. He's he's very very interesting guy. He's uh, he's my uh, he's my own Clive Davis. Uh, Chris is commenting on on your guitar. I'm not sure if he means the one behind you or the one you're holding. <laughs> <laughs> this is my uh, this is uh, one of my smaller body guitars. This is my uh, this is a triple O uh, 15 uh, M. Uh, I, I love Martin mahogany guitars. They're kind of, that's kind of my thing. Uh, so I, I like the 18s and uh, anything they make is made out of mahogany. I'm, I'm there. And what, what's the one hanging up behind you? Uh, this is a, this is a vintage uh, 18. Uh, I've had for quite a while. It's starting to get a little patina on it. Uh, but the, the Really, pretty much my. I, I bought this with pianos and stuff in 08 or 09, and I've hung on to it for uh, forever. I go through instruments 
pretty frequently. <laughs> if I don't play it, I, I sell it and trade it. Uh, I don't hang on to stuff I don't play. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I don't carry too, too much. I, I used to collect Martins that got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm down to it. I'm down to what I use on stage now, pretty much. I am. I'm actually working on a website slowly for a musician here in the Valley that I live in, um, who has decided that he's going to start selling his guitar collection. Um, the problem is there's so many pictures he needs to take that I can't, do anything because he has to spend time taking the pictures. <laughs> pictures, the higher price. And um, he, um, if anyone's out there knows who knows the name, they're going to be like, "Are you kidding me?" Um, it's uh, Bill Duff who has taught many, many, many musicians. Um, he was a music teacher at a, at an elementary school. Um, he also taught a lot of local musicians that I started doing the Pennsylvania rock show with back in 2004. Um, and he most recently was playing with the Vogues to give you an idea where, where he stands. Um, So he's a name that people, people would know in this area for sure. And, um, he's working on getting ready to sell his guitars. So if anybody wants to build Duff guitar, (laughs) I'll let you know when his site's done. (laughs) Awesome. Love to see him. Um, Hey Bradley, um, I need you to ask a question of um, Vaz for me. It's spelled Vase, pronounced Vaz. Vaz, Vaz, it is. <laughs> okay, Vaz, uh, I I would like to know what the significance of the quarter is in your video. Good as dead. That's that's definitely a pinpoint question. Now I have to go ask them too. <laughs> I will wait until next next episode, though, so that I don't ruin it. Um, <laughs> they um, recently played in Katanning, and uh, they are from Michigan. Um, I They're pretty intense. They they played with um, it was Tomorrow When, who is an acoustic artist that I had never heard of. Um, from I think he said he drove an hour and a half to get to Katanning, but he is from Pennsylvania. And then a band called Royce, who was phenomenal. They played um, they played rock with hip hop and some soul in it. It, it was amazing. Um, and then Vaz played next. Um, I, they actually invited me out. Um, I did some photography for them that night. And then the final band was, um, uh, of course, I'm going to blank on their name, Animal Sun. Animal Sun out of California, like the state of California. So there were two local bands and then a Michigan band and a California band. And um, it, it was, I, I stayed the whole night and I really only had to be there for the band that hired me, um, which tells you what I thought of the music that was happening. <laughs> I, I I really enjoyed myself. And I, I wish, um, I hope that, that all of those bands play closer to me again so I can go see them. But, um, so I, let's see, bradleyscottmalone.com to find, find Bradley Scott Malone. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> um, his social media is on there. Um, if you go to buildascene.com and check out the podcast ep- episode, it is also listed there. The video that we just recorded will be there and all of the, 
um, I'm going to say recent, but they go back really far. All of the podcast episodes um, are there as well. Um, Pennsylvania Rock Show starts at episode number 289, but we're on number 587. So there's like 300 episodes of that available. <laughs> 67 episodes of Three Questions and a Song. Six episodes of Friendly Fire, um, which I will tell you about off the air, Brad. Or Brad Scott. <laughs> do, you go to, do you go by Brad? Yeah, you know why? You know why we use my entire name? Because if you get way back when we first started, I wait. I do know that's where I got the quote from tonight. Oh, really? I I just typed in your name and I, I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't look and see it wasn't your picture. So, <laughs> you get a, if you type in Brad Malone, you're going to get a an NHL hockey player just page after page after page. I wonder if that's um. Trying to remember what his they called him Bugsy. Um, there was a Malone that recently played in Pittsburgh, and his dad was a player played as well. I wonder if it was him. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I think I know who you're talking about. But yeah, if you if you type in Brad Malone, you get you get an endless assortment of uh, stats on the <laughs> hockey player. So we made the strategic decision about four years ago. Let's just use the whole name that way. That if you search the whole name, you'll get me. So. Cool. I, well, I want to thank you for hanging out with me tonight. Um, don't forget to hang out a little longer when we go off the air. Um, this has been episode number 67 of Three Questions and a Song. You can find that at buildtheseam.com. You can also find the other two podcasts that I mentioned, Pennsylvania Rock Show and Friendly Fire, as well as our radio station by going to that website. Uh, my name is Bill. I will catch you on the 1st and 15th of each month for this podcast every Friday for the Pennsylvania Rock Show once a month for friendly fire and who knows wherever where else i will pop up um maybe you'll see me in a show i surprised doppler effect last week <laughs> you're welcome to any of my shows anytime thank you all right so what you're going to hear now is john lane who's going to tell you how to subscribe leave comments and all those kind of things and uh if you're listening on rudaroo radio on the beaches of san diego california or on Build a Scene, make sure you stay on those two radio stations and support the local and unsigned music from all over the world that you'll hear on both of those stations. We'll catch you next time. This episode of Three Questions of a Song has ended, but be sure to subscribe to be introduced to more unsigned music from around the globe. Don't forget to rate and review the show, and we'll see you on the next episode.